place to say what's on your mind. Tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time to let this tale get old. No, no, no. It's the best story I've never told. It's the best story I've never told. All right, hello, and welcome to the show, my guest. Uh, I'm gonna give you a nice intro because you don't you haven't heard this yet. My guest awesome. is my guest is LA Weekly's best indie pop band uh, labeled artist who is one of the leaders of the galactic dream pop movement and scene and genre and style. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Polar Tropica. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. What a nice intro. Yeah, I, you know, I wanted, I mean, obviously I do know you outside of podcasting and stuff. And then, you know, actually people that are really close to me in my life, which is kind of random. But uh, yeah, I was like listening to your music again before the podcast because I just wanted to like refresh my memory on your style. And and I thought like Galactic Dream Pop was a really, I, I someone wrote that about you as your sound. Right. So then I was like, yeah. I, I get that energy. I don't know if you like that label or description of your music, but that's the energy I have gotten. Um, but I'm curious, I guess, like, how did you, as someone who doesn't make music, how did you kind of gravitate towards making music that could be described that way or like... Definitely. I guess I always want to live in a fantastical world because reality is just what it is. And so something I love about live music is that you can feel like you're transported to a different space. Like you kind of forget where you're, you're just in, you know, magical. Like I always think of it like outer space, right? Because it's not like of this world. Yeah. I feel like movies and films do that too. And so when I made Polar Tropica, my goal was always to make music that, yeah, makes you feel like you're on an adventure. And so when people ask what it sounds like, because it's a mix of, there's rock elements. There's also pop elements. It's a little psychedelic. There's a little bit of prog. I'm like classically trained, so I, sometimes that comes into the songs songwriting as well. And so, yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. And so it's fine. People when people ask, they're like, "What kind of music do you play?" I say space rock. <laughs> oh, space rock. Yeah, like yeah. If you were like in outer space, what would it sound like? Like you know. Yeah, I definitely get that vibe and I have seen you perform in person and then you're definitely great with stage uh costumes I guess you could say or outfits oh cool yeah I make the whole band wear costumes I I feel like you're ready to perform a concert right now oh this is casual yeah (laughs) I know (laughs) I feel like you're concert ready for and you're just wearing casual wear right at my dining room table so as part of the show, for those who haven't listened or are tuning in to hear Polar Tropica, I have asked Polar Tropica to tell a story she's never publicly told before in any way that's not something you can find in her bio that she thinks is a really 
great story for whatever reason. So uh, I have not heard the story yet. I have no idea what you're going to say. And that's part of the fun. So <laughs> thank you for potentially <laughs> embarrassing yourself for me and my podcast. Oh my gosh. And no, not all. I'm so honored. I mean, I have a lot of stories. So I'm like, which one? <laughs> which one am I going to tell? Oh. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he's like, um, I don't know, like ghosts or like. Okay. So it was between ghosts or. My serial killer story, I think I'm going to do a serial killer story because that, well, not that I'm, okay, one's like everyone in every, I feel like every femme and some men has come across a time in their life when they're like, huh, should I go to this, should I go on this vacation with this person I don't know to the desert? Am I going to come back or am I going to end up like kidnapped? You know what I mean? So I, I did have one of those, but um, yeah, anyway, so I, I think I'm going to do a serial killer one because I feel like more people can relate. Ghosts get a little scary for some people. <laughs> for sure. That is uh, quite an introduction. I don't even, I don't know what we're going to expect uh, to hear, uh, but now I guess we're about to hear Polar Tropica's serial killer story. I don't even... I think I'm laughing because I'm nervous because I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't, don't know worry. where to go. It's not that scary. It's more about like a 2020 special that I watched about a serial killer. But then, you know, it's like living in L.A. and being around. I've met people who survived serial killers. There was a famous serial killer that killed like 50 women. He was like one of the he was like um, in South L.A. And people didn't realize until later or like it took a long time for the police to find him. And so I met someone that she said when she she was like in jail for something else and then when she came out um her friend was like, "Oh my gosh, you're on the wall of photos of the serial killers of all his victims. You're the only one that's alive. Like everyone else in all 50 photos were deceased or missing." Wow. And cuz they, you know, they raided his house and stuff. And the thing is like serial killers are so popular but the thing is, like, we all should want to try to live, you know? And they're like, they're, they they have this, like, cult following. And, like, the thing that really annoyed me about the specific serial killer, the Yosemite serial killer, on the 2020 special is that everyone's like, he was so handsome. He was tan. He was hot. Like, that's why no one realized he was, like, right under everyone's nose. Because he worked at this hotel. And um, his name's Kerry Stainer. And so then he killed these women that were staying at the hotel, this woman and her daughter and her daughter's best friend. Wow. And when they caught him, they were really nice to him. So he told them everything, like all the details, according to this 2020 special. But they literally spent 45 minutes of the special talking about him and making people feel bad for him. Like he had a bad childhood. I mean, he had a pretty, pretty narrowly childhood. But I'm like, people have bad childhoods and that doesn't mean you become a serial killer, you know? Like, that's not cool. And I just felt like they didn't really spend... <laughs> right. Yeah. That is not uh, cool. Yeah. I know. Like, get a therapy. <laughs> like, who, you know, just go turn into a serial killer. And then I just, like, during that time in L.A., I think I took, like, a self-defense class in Boyle Heights. Okay. And because there were some women that were getting assaulted or, you know, and it's really interesting. The statistic, like, you literally have three seconds to get away if someone grabs you or something and then you're 
probability of making it out alive goes from like 75% to something crazy like 15%. Wow. Like, so you literally don't, when in that self-defense class, you don't have that much time to just get away, you know, from the person. And, yeah. um, and it was like a free class for women because they were just saying there were some things happening. And this is before all the attacks on API, the seniors. And, you know, growing up, I learned ballet, <laughs> okay. music. I never, I really wish my parents like put me in some kind of self-defense. You know, I swam. I did like everything else. Um, and so I think I came into that time realizing how important it was. I started training at a boxing gym for fun because I was dating someone that was boxing. I thought that was really hot. I was like, oh, Ruby. And they're like, you have to learn. And it was very empowering. There was another girl at the boxing gym and I asked her why she like trained so hard. She's like also Asian, really small, a dancer. She said she literally got swooped off the street once because that's what happens. Like a truck will come by and then if you're like little, you know, or you're, you're by yourself, you're on your headphones it's so easy, right? Who's yeah. going to stop? Who's going to like chase after the car? Nope. Like you just get swooped. And so that's why she trained so hard. I didn't get more details, but so, yeah. So I guess that's with my story. And then, um, I was so mad at this 2020 special. I was watching it with my friend and it just felt like all the women's lives were not important. Mm. Even though when they in- interviewed the families, you could tell everyone was so broken. So it's like you lose a, a person, you know, lose a mom, lose like a daughter, lose like, like the families were so broken and all these women were really wonderful. Like one of them was a teacher and da da da. But, um, what really inspired me was, um, the last woman he tried to kill. <laughs> okay. So her name, <laughs> she's, um, jo- her name is Josie and he was actually, he was on his way to kill, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter, but then he passed someone packing their car up for like a weekend with friends. Okay. And she, he was like, Oh, she looks like a target. I'm going to, I'm going to get her. And, but apparently she fought back. He couldn't like rape her, do anything. He tried, he like pulled a gun, but he said she was just so, she kept, she was really strong. She kept fighting back. And when he like, he said he like taped, her up, like even her eyes, like he completely duct taped her and put her in the car to like dump the bo- dump her body and kill her somewhere else, you know, so it wouldn't be so messy. But she broke out of the car when it was driving, apparently, according to 2020 special. She broke out of the car, a moving car, all duct taped. And so that's the reason why they caught him was because she made such a mess because she was so strong. But I mean, she still died. She's They found her like cut up in the river and stuff. Oh, jeez. But like, he didn't get to kill anyone else because because she was so badass, you know? So I was super inspired by that. And also, the other reason why I'm telling story today is because my friend Yoko's uh, movie's out and the song's in there. This like really inspired me to write this song called Give Them Hell. And it's just to remind everyone like if you have to fight back like you just you, you got to do it you know but but not just for like serial killers but also for your rights or for your friends or when you feel like threatened sometimes you just have one chance like you know fuck being polite because that's what I was all my life I mean you can be polite if you want to but like in certain situations but you know being afraid to like be offensive or stand up for yourself or talk about what you need and so so then when I was like I was in a long like term relationship and after the relationship I was back on the dating thing so that was like 
very much on the forefront. I'm like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> is it, how dangerous is it? You know, especially if there's no mutual friends, like meeting rando people and everyone's good looking or, you know, okay looking. You can't tell, like, is this, is this person creepy? Are they, you know, like. Well, yeah, okay, let's, uh, let's reset for a second. Or let's like, uh, so you, you watched this Serial Killer 2020 special, yes. right? <laughs> and then you decide to start dating again. Uh-huh. At the, around the same time. Now, had you written your song? Not yet. You haven't written Give Him Hell yet? I hadn't. I don't think I'd written the song yet because it was just marinating. I was just like kind of like, you know, but I was, I was starting to take like some self, random self-defense classes. Okay. And like, yeah. But I was really inspired by Josie from the 2020. I was like, dude, that's like, you know, so, so then I was like, you know what? And I did go to the desert with this this person. <laughs> it was so uh, like okay. So here we go. Like okay. the first day, he was like, he's like, I really just want to bring you to my like house in the desert. And this is back when I thought I was just gonna like, you know, I was like, maybe this is my life, just like <laughs> with this like, you know, much older person that like has a house in the desert and multi. You know, I was like, maybe this is like, yeah, doesn't mind if I do. Music. But we like literally just met, and I was like, this. I don't know if this is a good idea. So like, I gave my friends like my pin so they could, f I was like, I'm gonna try to stay with my phone. <laughs> like, so you know where to find me, like make sure I'm okay. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like, you know what? If this person tries to kill me, I'm gonna kill them back. We're gonna both die together. I'm gonna take her down with me. I'm not going alone, you know? So that was like, that was my mindset. Okay. It was a little reckless. I probably shouldn't have gone to the desert with this um, person I'd been on like <laughs> two dates with and like, um, but you know, I'm alive. And so, so then after that, um, someone wanted me to write like punk rock mu music, you know? And I, I literally wrote the song. I was like, what, am, what makes me the most mad? And I think it was like, just how much attention serial killers get and how romanticized it is, even though it's like so dangerous and so bad. Because like every time they show one on TV, it just makes it, I feel like that's what makes more serial killers happen. Cause people are like, ooh. That could be me. Maybe I should. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it creates this copycatting. Culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, there's definitely many fictional series that are made based on the killer. Right? Yeah, and, and they always like try to make him like hot and stuff. I'm like, ew, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and then like, I have friends. You know, I was always joking. They're like, well, like they're like, take me. I'm like, don't. That's what you think. You know, you want, but that's not. Everyone needs to not that. No. Well, like that's not your life. <laughs> um, well, let's, I, I want to, if I don't, if you don't mind, dig deeper into the, apparently you're, you saw a serial killer special as you were returning to the dating pool and then you meet <laughs> someone who's like, Hey, let's go to my house in the desert. Yes. And you say yes. Yes. Can, I did say yes. Can we talk about like being in the desert at this like, yeah. So, okay. So he's, he's an architect and he had this like fancy, <laughs> <laughs> watch he's gonna like listen to this and be like mm. I mean it's fair how am I supposed to know we just met um he was like really cute he reminded me of um he looked like who's who's in that Marvel movie like the scientist um who's that actor he has like really interesting features he's really handsome the scientist Mark Ruffalo no 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 um the other one the brain surgeon Oh gosh! Oh, um, he he makes the portals. 
Oh, 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 Doctor. Uh, uh, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Bene- yes. Okay. So this. Let's just say it is him. He look. Yes. For the purposes of. Oh my the story. gosh! Look like a mix between Benedict Cumberbatch and somebody else. Anyways, I just thought I was like, wow, this person's so hot, and I was like, I do really want to go to the desert with this architect man that looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> like, but I was like, but what if I, you know, there's periods in your life where you're just like, maybe, maybe I gotta live a little. Okay. Um, but I definitely. Brought some weapons with me. Like my my friends, <laughs> I had like a knife with me in case anything went down. Wow! I always have like tasers and stuff. Okay. Because as a girl, that's just what you got to do, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's even like, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. We went there. He has like a nice house. Okay. Has a pool. But I'm sleeping with like one eye open. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, open. no weird serial killer stuff happened. Just you know, we ended up like dating for, and then it was like quarantine, so like we ended up like living. In, no, he was actually very mild, and it was not serial killer creepy at all. Okay, okay. Thank goodness, but um, yeah, because you hear about like the traffic, like all these stories about like people going on road trips and getting kidnapped at gas stations. And like, you've heard about that. Like people For are sure. yeah. in line. You're literally just going to the bathroom and then poof, gonzonzo. My mom or my friend's mom, um, got followed around at like a ranch 99 in freaking Arizona. And she, she noticed this man behind her was, like not really buying something, you know, just kind of following her on the aisles because it oh, wasn't gosh. a very full one. And then he like, after she was checked out, he he was like, never mind, I'm not gonna buy this. So she like, you know. Okay. So instead of like going outside, she like swooped to the, she like tucked to the side and she saw there was a truck outside waiting for her with the door open. And like, they didn't see that she had like pulled, she like went to the side, you know. And like, I mean, that stuff's real. It's, yeah. It's like crazy scary. So I so then I wrote this song. I was very passionate about it. I wanted to pay tribute to Joe Josie. Yeah. Um I can't remember her last name off the top of my head. And I like even thought about sending it to her mom. You know, to be like this I wrote this because I'm inspired by your daughter, but I was like, I don't want to cause any more trauma. Cause obviously she's not she's unalived, you know? Um Yeah, that but makes sense. Yeah. I definitely like looked her up and she like was so cool. She taught like sixth graders about the forest and she was like getting ready for like a weekend with the girls in Big Sur or something. It was her friends in Big Sur and oh, it's like, man. wow, so this is the end. You know, someone that's like in nature with kids and stuff. So I wrote I, I wrote this song and it's like become one of our most popular songs. And But now it's in a movie about women like, like helping each other survive a serial killer. Like the whole song has turned now into a feature that my friend Yoko Okamura um, directed that's coming out on Boomhouse like this really like it ha- it has a lot of legs because yeah. over time because I was and then when I made the music video for it it was when all the API violence was happening against like seniors or we were starting to notice more and so right. so I was like thinking like okay self defense but I don't want I don't want our, anyone to put themselves in danger to like say someone else what are ways so in the music video I have little things where 
there's tactics, right? It's just like diversion. Like throw something at them, distract them for a second. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that helps break the tension of the yeah. violence or the anger, yeah. the confusion. Because it, it's just so sad. People will see something happening and they don't know what to do. So they just walk by and pretend they don't see it. That's like we, what we kept seeing. Like people don't know how to intervene. People aren't used to intervening and these like crazy things happen. There's like literally people like just walking by in the background. Uh, I so up until this podcast, if I'm correct, you have not revealed the inspiration for that song, the the, the true like. Yeah, Genesis. I haven't told like the whole story. I like I mention it on my shows because I want people to know that it's about what kind of what it's about, you know. But yeah. then, um, yeah, but like the birth of the song and then like what was going on like the whole time. And then I was back dating, you know, and at that and now I'm, you know, I'm like I'm gay. <laughs> like I came out, and now I, I don't really date men anymore. But you know, there. Anyways, it's yeah. So it, that doesn't really come up that often. I, well, I'm on some level. Uh, I'm honored that you would tell the origin of that song on this podcast is like a big reveal, like the true, like how it all yeah, came about. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, because I remember I heard you perform, uh, give them hell live. Right. And it, it was at the, uh, it, it was like at the state park or like, it was like, outdoor. Oh yeah, it was outdoors, man. That was a rough show. <laughs> it was like at a cool park, but yeah, it was like, Oh man, I feel, yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. well, the microphones. I was using a wireless mic, and everything was just so. It was such so outdoors. I think there's a lot of interference, like it being in LA and like. Yeah, there was tech stuff. That was <laughs> um, but I I remember, you, you know, for that song at the time, sort of, you know, you're kind of like, uh, this is for everyone who's had like a rough day at their job, or you know, <laughs> oh my like, god. You know, so as, like, as like, yeah, as like, right. who like, you know, has a bad day with their boss or whatever. Uh, and so then I thought in my mind, oh, yeah, this is a song about like maybe dealing with microaggressions or dealing with uh, bosses or people you work with that are difficult. Right, just like, right. Like fighting back. Fighting back. Yourself. I'm going to yeah. give them hell. Right. So to know that. Boundaries. Like, like, so so to know, like, actually, you were really you had serial killers on your mind because you were watching all this the special and then you end up starting to date again and like <laughs> yeah. decide to go to the desert to some person's house which turns out to be fine yeah yeah you, like weren't sure so you brought weapons and like we're like did bring weapons sorry i recant listening <laughs> you're like i'm ready i'm ready to fight i'm ready to throw down i know and then i started doing boxing i like yeah. i wear a lot of spikes and things because like i also just yeah i don't i, I know i'm only five two you know but like now that i know how to like my reflexes are faster because of boxing and I don't know, touring, there's just a lot that goes on. When I first started touring as a keyboard player for other bands, Yeah, I remember we were in Houston and we were opening for um, the Jesus and Mary Chain. It was crazy. It was like their reunion show for after not playing for a long time. Wow. And someone told me, oh, there's there's a really like gropey 
man, be careful. You mm. don't want to be like out here when he's drunk or, you know, on this side of the stage or something. And I remember just being really scared. Like no one was there to make sure I was okay. You know, everyone's just so busy getting ready for the show. I was just a keyboard player. And I remember being like, oh, I guess I better lock myself up in the bathroom and make sure I don't run into this gropey man. You know, like that was like this. But it like really sucked, you know, like um, I had a couple of friends that, you know, were photographing that show or but everyone's all over, you know, I didn't have like a bodyguard or anything. And I just felt very vulnerable. Yeah. And like in the music scene and it's it's definitely. Yeah, it definitely gets like. It does feel kind of intimidating sometimes. And there are tours I've turned down because I don't feel like I'm close enough with the band or the crew that I feel like physically safe, you know, and and it's it's weird because I try to act as manly as possible also for, you know, in in general, because because you just yeah, I just don't want people messing with me. But it's still I guess I present femme and I'm five two so people are I always I always get attention I don't want you know and oh, so wow. yeah so it's like a very it's also just a reminder like for everyone I just want people to feel empowered to like go learn some things you know just feel powerful in their own body or know that they have ways they can escape if they have to or there's ways to like help your friends out if they're in danger you know there's like a part of the end where I yell stuff like when you see like your best friend, get roofied at the bar. What are you gonna do? Give him, you know, give him hell. Like you gotta speak up. Be like, hey, I saw what you did. It's not okay. Or like if you someone see someone stuffing someone in a trunk, you know, you gotta you gotta say something. You gotta do something. <laughs> I was like, it's like crazy. Or or you know, if the government's trying to take away your rights as a woman, you know, your abortion rights or whatever, you you gotta you you gotta fight back. And so that that's what it's for. Yeah. Uh. So I. I do have, uh, I like to ask versions of this question as sort of like the final question, you know, of, of the, of the chat, uh, which has been very, uh, full of energy, full of space rock, full, of <laughs> full of galactic dream energy. Uh, so you've now told the really, I guess the behind the scenes, the true story behind how you wrote the song, give them hell, yeah. which very popular song in your catalog. Um, well, one, two parts. One, how do you feel? And then two, actually, it's like a three-part question. One, how do you feel now? Two, uh, do you think you'll kind of tell this origin story more often publicly now that's like kind of out there, at least on this podcast? Um, and three, yeah, any final thoughts about <laughs> you know, how you know having this out in the world? Yeah, I guess this... I'm so honored to be here to tell this story because there hasn't been in the press release how how would I tell also I don't want to honor this Yosemite serial killer any more than I need to right this is more focused on the women the heroes you know that are fight back and so that's why it, it doesn't come up do you know what I mean I, I don't want to even have his name in any of the when I released the song back um, New Year's Lunar New Year of 2022 so the song like came out a year ago but now that it's going to be a new movie, I'm sure it's going to maybe come up, and I might mention, I might mention that because that's also I think it goes with this movie Unseen that's coming out. It's kind of the same. It's like fighting back someone that's a man that's trying to kill his ex girlfriend, you know, and how the girls work together to get out of it. Yeah. And they have to keep. We have to keep each other safe. We have to be smart and stand up for each other. We have to be strong and like. 
Um, so I think, you know, possibly, but it's, it's also the song works without knowing the backstory, right? It's like, it's just codified in like, give them hell is a very like, can, can work in your job, you know, in everyday life, like whenever you're feeling disempowered in any way. So I don't think it's necessary. It's kind of just like a little, a little treasure if anybody really needed to dig that deep or is a super fan, you know, of any reason. Cause I feel like there's a song, there's a lot of like, like, you know, the Linda Linda, people compare it to the Linda Linda's, but they're just calling out like racist, sexist boy. This song is the solution. Like, what do you do when you have a situation, right? This is like the plan of action song. Yeah. And I, th- I think like it, it in some unexpected way kind of ties nicely to kind of what, I do on my podcast, you know, like telling untold stories and, you know, you're telling the story of one of the victims who ended up being the victim that basically prevented this killer to kill more people. Yeah. She's a freaking hero. She like really saved a lot of lives and with just being a powerful person, you know, instead of like, I mean, what can you do in a situation? Literally every. I can I cannot even imagine but the way I guess when I was watching this special unfold it's just really apparent who we need to be celebrating whose stories we actually we need to be telling her story you know whose stories we need to tell to like inspire people to live their best lives and like when things like that happen it's not you know like and not victimize they are the victims that we need to honor their how amazing they were and it's not their fault they got killed you know yeah I think yeah, I think instead of uh, kind of sensationalizing more the killer, exactly, you, you saw like, oh, I was really inspired by the victim and their story and what they tried to do sort of to survive or, or, or maybe just try to, they did enough to prevent something yeah. from happening. And she's like, just like, could have been me. It could have been any of the yeah. women or any of my friends and for them to like minimize someone's life to, oh, uh, just another victim. Another woman died and she was this, that, uh, it's like, no, she had a whole you know, life, she had a whole family, she had all these great things that she was doing. So to, to focus more on that and honoring people, um, you know, instead of someone that doesn't really deserve it because they brought a lot of hor- horribleness, you know, to all these people, sure. destruction, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I definitely initially heard the song and thought of, of it as like, oh, getting back at your boss or something. <laughs> I, think that, I, say, I think the deeper kind of layer to it is really cool and, uh, I thank you for sharing that story here. Oh, thanks um, so much for having me. I, I'm so honored. <laughs> yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Please uh, listen to all of Polar Tropica's music wherever you listen to music on all sites and devices and stuffs. And uh, yeah, you'll, your song is going to be in a movie and awesome. Yeah, coming out. I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Yeah, let's not say. Yeah, yeah. this podcast is timeless. Oh, okay. At any time. Yeah, Yeah. so can't wait. Thank you so much. Yeah, bye. Hey, if you'd like to know when our next new episode comes in, it's easy. You can subscribe for the best story I never told. That's right, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher.